0: Which is like, he's like a Christian Christian, which is confusing to me personally. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a pun that his name is Christian and he is a Christian. Not that it. he is a, <laughs> a like a Christian's, like a vi- hyper-religious Christian, which he might Wait. also be that. We um, don't know. Anyway, he could be a
1: Christian Christian Christian.
0: Wow. Wow, wow, wow.
1: And welcome to Can't Let It Go, the show about the things stuck in our head. I am Matt. I use he-him pronouns.
0: Hey, I'm AC. I use they-them pronouns.
1: And today we're going to talk about this show on Peacock called The Traitors.
0: It's so much. (laughs) It is. It is so much.
1: But first, I wanted to acknowledge that this is the first time that AC and I have recorded since this show launched, and you all have actually heard something. Yeah. And I've been really happy uh, seeing people kind of react to it. Um, I know that some folks over on the Worst Garbage Discord created a little thread about the show, which was really kind of you. And I I sent screenshots of the things that you have said in that Discord to AC. So sorry, TWD Discord.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I promise I haven't seen anything else.
1: I also wanted to... um, Right now, because it's the first time we have the chance to uh, thank both Scout for her work on the art for the show and my friend Ethan for doing the intro and outro music that you have just heard.
0: Which I just have been wandering around my house, like singing to myself under my breath um, (laughs) as I do many things.
1: Honestly, both of of y'all are like incredible at the things you do. And I definitely have been like jamming to... Uh, Not just the version that ended up on the show, but some of the earlier versions (laughs) as well that Ethan sent me. Uh, Wonderful. Just like playing them out of our iMessage thread.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah, they're super and we're really grateful.
1: Yeah. So we are going to talk about the traders. But first, we're going to have a little nugget that's like a little bit of a bummer. So I just want to put this out there that like we're about to talk about cancer and like I know that. I in the last year have lost a family member to cancer, so use those chapter markers if you've got them um, and you want to skip this section. But we're going to talk about uh, Hank Green. So we, <laughs> AC, you and I like just recorded the TikTok episode, which yeah. was like ostensibly about Hank Green. Yeah. And then I went on vacation, and I wake up one morning and see a post in a Discord that's Hank's video saying, "So I have cancer." Yeah. I literally like. Made a noise that you know, it was like, <gasps> and Jonathan was like, What's wrong? <laughs> I yeah. was like, Honestly, I don't know how I feel about it yet. <laughs> yeah,
0: I um, I saw it on TikTok first, I saw him post to TikTok and then um, about it, and then I went and watched his follow up video.
1: Yeah, I think the thing that I have been, I, I don't <laughs> again, not a very unique uh, thought here, but I the way that he has been both going through it and acknowledging that it sucks to go through it and that he's in the middle of it sucking. Right. Yeah. While also still doing the Hank green thing of like talking about the realities of having cancer. Um, and like what it means scientifically, and sometimes just what it means practically for like the way things are treated, right, yeah. has been really interesting. Um, and like I said, in in the last year, I lost a close family member to to cancer. And I learned a lot in that process about like what that treatment looks like. But the things I like, I wasn't around, you know, when my family member was diagnosed, mm-hmm. I wasn't. I wasn't there when she was learning okay like what's it what's it going to be like to be on chemo for the first yeah. time right
0: Yeah it's really it's really tough. And um I wanna shout out a piece um written by Kate Lindsay, um, edited by Nick Tucci over on the Substack Um Embedded. I really love this piece titled The Hard Part of Being a Follower. It was sent to me by my friend Diana. Um, thank you, Diana, for sending me this blog. It really summed up a lot of my feelings as someone who hasn't had a family member who's been impacted by cancer who at least hasn't had a family member that's passed away from cancer um or cancer that's invasive or potentially invasive we don't Mm -hmm. know hank green's medical records right (laughs) and it is also about a really great thing that i think is like why you and i care about this right which is what it's like to have this kind of parasocial relationship with a creator Like Hank Green, um, I think you and I have both alluded to, like, we're going to have to get to an episode where we talk about the Green Brothers, like, more specifically, because we're so tied to them somehow. I think they've accidentally come up in pretty much every episode that we've made. Right. And which is to say, accidentally, in that, like, they're deeply embedded in the ways that you and I learned to think about the Internet, our experiences with the Internet, and subsequently, like, our experiences with media, which is mostly what we talk about on this show.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've talked about how we met in the Wizard Rock community, and, like, ostensibly the <laughs> the first Wizard Rock song that I heard was Akio Deathly Hallows, right. which was the Hank Green video that introduced me to, to Vlogbrothers.
0: Yeah, and I, that's so funny, because I started listening to Wizard Rock because I got on YouTube, and, like, and I got on to, like, the Nerdfighter's forum boards and that's what led me to wizard rock also not hank green's song but Mm -hmm. it was like being part of that nerdfighters fan community that had me finding other fans in like crossover worlds who were you know people who were like muggle cast fans and other um, podcast media harry potter podcast media which way way back in the podcasting day some of the ogs
1: (laughs) yeah I, the thing that I think is, you said something about parasocial relationships, and I think that a lot of the coverage that we sort of see of people talking about parasocial relationships um, with influencers is from the perspective of like, hey, I'm a person online making things, and there's this sort of sometimes dangerous, sometimes just inappropriate, right? Yeah. Tie that people have to me. Um, and if we see the, maybe the effects on the other side, it is from, still from this place that's assuming that like the person who's watching is doing something wrong. Yeah. Right. I'm sure that there is a lot of writing out there that I am missing, but I, I often don't read stories that are about people who are, you know, maybe fully appropriately engaging with content, but still inevitably developing those relationships and dealing with, the resulting emotional state that comes from that, right? Like yeah. I can I can get used to watching a creator online and they can become a part of my life and have zero, you know, uh, inappropriate interaction or even desire to do that with that person. And again, that person can still affect my emotions day to day. Yeah, um, And that's what I liked about the piece, that, the Substack that you linked.
0: Yeah, they say in this piece, um, while following someone for 15 years isn't the same as knowing them, it is a kind of relationship, one that could very well be lifelong. One of the weirdest realizations I had after watching Hank's video was that this wasn't that this was a crazy fluke I couldn't believe was happening, but that as both of us got older, of course, something like this would one day happen. That inevitability piece, like we get older our bodies age and we get sick or sicker right or Mm -hmm. our bodies change in ways that impact our health right and when i think something that's also unique about the green brothers and and other creators like them who are really into like vlogging and sharing the stories of their life right is that that challenge of that parasocial relationship is built around like They are literally talking about themselves and teaching us about themselves as a friend would talk to another friend most often at least historically right
1: these two are literally talking to each other as brothers right so all of the writing that they do for each other is framed as family members and when we you and me not their siblings right um consume that it is no wonder that we have ties to them that are more similar to that relationship than to another one
0: yeah I think something this piece mentions also that I thought was like has been very sweet in this moment because like it is sad and I am sad and I feel, you know, buoyed perhaps by his his confidence that it's one of the good ones. Right. Hodgkin (laughs) lymphoma is one of the good ones, as he said, or that like John is being so like he's being John about it, being warm and like deferential to his brother. Right. Mm -hmm. If you've been part of the green brothers fandom for a long time, you know, that there is like a long running joke about like Hank green, John green's brother. Mm -hmm. um, Right. And as though he's not some sort of internet celebrity in his own right. But you know, John said Hank is science communicating his way through cancer. Mm -hmm. Right. The YouTube comments, the comments on these videos have been such a kind and lovely place to see people, especially people who are in remission from hodgkins or from other cancers commenting and saying like you know whatever their version of like an uplifting message is and and i think it's been really nice to see the internet be kind and for like forthcoming with someone about how much of an impact that this person's creations have had on our corner of the world yeah
1: the um I loved his video that he did ranking the news stories that were written about his cancer diagnosis.
0: Absolutely God tier content. Oh my
1: God. <laughs> he, I mean, so like things that he loved in a piece was when he was not referred to as John Green's brother or when John was like barely mentioned at all. Yeah. Um, only as necessary. Yeah. Um, also, he and his video, his YouTube announcement of his diagnosis, asked for um, like things to watch while he, you know, was on chemo. And the NPR story clearly was written by someone who is a nerd fighter. Yeah. you know, was a regular <laughs> viewer of the YouTube channel. Yeah, and um, had included you know various things that they thought that he should he should watch.
0: Did you see John's comment on the video um, giving the rankings? No. <laughs> From the Vlog Brothers account, John commented, "John would like everyone to know that any uh, John's personal like ranking is that anything that mentions him is actually S tier." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've been so something that's come to my head about this is that the idea that John or Hank Green or like anyone on the internet would be dealing with a health issue is not it's not new if we just talk about these two brothers, like Hank Green very publicly has dealt with ulcerative colitis. John has very publicly dealt with a whole load of mental health issues, right. That have, that have led to physical health issues as well. Yeah. um, And has written entire books about it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, and I was thinking the other day about like what's so different and it's sounds simple when you say it, but like, it's just the proximity to death, right? Like it's purely this idea that like, this person that you are, are following like just may not be there someday, yeah
2: right? yeah
1: it, it not not in any way the same, but like reminiscent of when someone leaves being an online creator, sure, right, um for one reason or another
0: yeah, yeah, and i I don't know it it's it is certainly something that gave me pause i think like i think i've talked enough on the show so far about my feelings about celebrity generally but i think it's worth saying again that like as someone who doesn't usually feel connected with traditional types of of celebrities this is one that part of what gave me pause right that proximity to death that understanding that that content may no longer be there um you know to kind of combine all of these things that we've talked about right their content is very much like a safe place for me to land right like something that when i need something that is just like comforting noise that is a channel that i turn to to listen to and being goofy or informative or any number of other things it just is i don't know it's the first one that i think that like if tomorrow they came back and were like, hey, it's actually a worst case scenario mm-hmm. and I'm going to stop making content because I, I need to, like, take the time that I have with my family. Mm-hmm. That would actually be devastating for me. Like, mm-hmm. And that is different um, to how I feel about, I think, 95% of the rest of the content or, like, the celebrity, whatever, the right. makers whose content I consume that aren't my personal friends. Right. Like the level of, of sadness that I have experienced in the past when someone has passed away.
1: You mentioned how you were um going back to their content, right, as just sort of a safe place to land and and to sort of sometimes to achieve an emotional state, right? I often go back to John's Thoughts from Places videos. He oh. doesn't really do these anymore,
2: right? Oh, but so- they
1: are like the prototypical video essay. I don't know, he'd be on a trip, or maybe he'd have a regular place that he went to and he would just take some video and do a voiceover. And often the video that he was recording, you know, was not a part of the audio track at all. Um, he's got a great one about a, a tree um, that I have watched <laughs> several times. I, my like claim to fame is that I was in a thoughts from places video at LeakyCon uh, um 2012. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I will occasionally watch that one just because it makes me happy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Very existential little thinky thoughts from John. (laughs) Exactly. Which,
1: I mean, eventually turned into Anthropocene Reviewed, I think. Right. Like, I think not only was he a part of, like, the early stage of video essays on YouTube, which we've done a whole episode about, but also he was at, like, a creative starting point for something else he was going to make. I do the same thing with, you know, in, in a different headspace with hanks videos often the the videos of hanks that i go back to are ones that are helping me understand something think Mm -hmm. deeper on something that hank's channel video from last year called so tiktok sucks yeah right um it's purely about the creator economy there's like not really a lot of uh sense of mentality there sure right but it is an interesting thing that i have watched multiple times especially as that story continues to change and move on I don't know that the reasons I go back to that are different, but, you know, it's still it's, it's a person that I trust and that I'm going back to. Yeah. Well, should we move on to the traitors and talk about some absolutely meaningless drama? What
0: a tone shift. <laughs> <laughs> uh, OK, listener, take your sad feelings and hold them dearly and gently but don't prepare like don't they're they're not helpful here so <laughs> Are we
1: spoiling the whole show?
0: I okay so It's worth saying, Matt, that originally I was going to do this episode as like me pitching you on why you should watch it. But then you texted me that you watched all of it. And now I just get to scream about it. And I think I'd like to not spoil the whole show because I would like for you, the listener, to listen to this episode and then go and watch it. I do want to convince you to watch this very silly roughly 13 hours of media. Um it's not even that long. Like that's including the reunion episode. It's worth watching and I'm we're here to tell you why. I can't stop thinking about it.
1: <laughs> so Um, I'm just going to say this because it's going to be really hard for me to not spoil things. I'm Mm going to say at some point there will either be another episode in your feed or at the end of this episode, we'll put some spoilery thoughts. Uh, You'll know what that is when you get this episode.
0: Yeah. And it's also worth noting that like part of why I want to convince you, the listener to (laughs) watch this show is because it's worth watching. Even if you know the spoilers, Mm -hmm. right? Even if you know who's getting eliminated when it is, fun and silly and weird and trying to piece it together of like how everyone is going to get to the conclusions that they get to just if you think too much about it (laughs) you'll get really really out of sorts I say from no personal experience whatsoever
1: do you want to explain the show because I already I can I can talk
0: okay deep in the Scottish Highlands there's a castle where the faithful reside their goal Win a quarter of a million dollars, but hidden amongst them are three traitors. Exciting, isn't it? So the traitors is a spin off well, a, a, an adaptation, if you will. And this is so fitting. Um, you know, we did our episode about the great pot- pottery throwdown and the differences between American and British television. Um, and, it's worth throwing into the mix here. It's also an Australian show. So there are three um, versions of the traders. There's the traders UK, the traders Australia and the traders U S they are all set in the same Scottish Highlands castle. Um, And then 20 or so people arrive at this castle and then compete in a reality game show where several people you do not know how many at first but several people are traitors and the rest of the people are faithful and they're all trying to get their respective groups to the end without a traitor in the mix otherwise they don't get any of the prize money did i do it did i explain it
1: yeah i think (laughs) the thing that was confusing to me at the beginning of the show because i'm used to i'll say it now the show has so many parallels to survivor
0: yes it is it's survivor for people like me it's um, Survivor for people who don't like the outdoors.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, it if every competition game show is based on Survivor, this one is like cool. We've been doing this for twenty years, and we're just going to look back at the source and do the minimum to make this something new. Not make it something like legally different, so we can put it on the air. Like make yeah. something fresh. Yeah. The one hundred percent thing that I was confused by was okay. So in Survivor. Usually end with two, maybe three people. That varies depending on the season and like yeah, deals. And I don't know, there's a writer's strike. So sometimes that affects things, right. Right, et cetera, how long the seasons are often. And I was confused. Okay, well, how many people are going to be like playing at the end of this game? Mm. Right. How many? I didn't know yet how many traders there were going to be. Right. Um, like, could you end up at the end of this game with all traders? Right. Um I will say that's not what happens, but theoretically, you could. You could, yeah. Right? You could end up at the end of the game with no traitors at all, right? Yes, uh, I guess I didn't
0: point, explain that very well.
1: <laughs> yeah the secret the secret in any case is maintained until the final moment of the show.
0: Yes, well, or until you're voted off. Right. So essentially, it's like in the first episode, several people they fi- you find everyone finds out whether they're a traitor or a faithful, and then moving forward. Basically the idea is that if all faithfuls are make it to the end then everybody gets the money to split the and they money
2: split
1: between whoever's left
0: whoever's left if but if there is a traitor in their mix at the end of the game when they all agree to end the game
2: mm-hmm.
0: then the traitor takes the whole pot Correct. That is a better, more succinct explanation. <laughs> right.
1: So they do vote people off, right? Like you yes. talked about. There's what they call the round table. What you would see on Survivor as like the tribal council is a round table because it's in this beautiful castle. That I'm sure that AC is going to tell us all about. Oh my god. Um, but there's also the traitors who every night get to murder someone.
0: Very dramatically. Very, Very dramatically. dramatically, they agree <laughs> to murder
1: someone, and that person is let. Know that they have been murdered. The rest of the cast finds out because they all show up at breakfast, and the person who doesn't show up is the one that got murdered.
0: Just isn't there. And um in it, the the host of the show, no longer Sir Alan Cumming. Um, <laughs> I, do you know this is about Alan Cumming?
1: I did not know this. He about re,
0: he re, he renounced his knighthood. He decided that he did not want to be part of the British Empire's bullshit. I don't That's know. Can I say that? Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's my podcast. I can say whatever yeah, I want. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> um, yeah, so he is no longer Sir Alan Cumming. Now... Uh, the artist formerly known as Sir Alan Cumming Alan Cumming. Um, he's the host of this show he's everything to me Um, it's important actually for me to say right here and right now that what happens when someone doesn't show up to breakfast is that there are portraits hung on the wall of everyone and Alan Cumming has the takes the portrait of the person who was voted off off the wall or has it in his hand somehow I I don't know that part of the mechanics specifically yeah he goes and gets it and then he simply throws it. He throws it out of frame. He makes some sort of little quip and then he throws it away from his person.
1: There's one episode where he doesn't. It and it's so clear that because the day before the producer's like, OK, you nearly broke the frame.
0: Oh, what I read it as was that one of the other contestants was so upset
1: that this other
0: person had been voted off that he didn't want to seem insensitive because he is a nice person. Yeah. (laughs) There
1: is a lot of drama. I actually wrote this down. These people are crying after knowing each other for two
0: days. (laughs) I I think one of the things that I am desperate to know is like what the actual like production filming timeline was for this show because some of it is like they're at most they have known each other for a week by the Mm -hmm. end of the game in like the game time right like Mm -hmm. and so it is conceivable that they could have filmed this entire thing over five to six days right Mm -hmm. i mean and and productions are sometimes like that right where they really stack everything up and they they get all through it and then they're done or sometimes they do four days on four days off four days on for you it just depends on the production company anyway (laughs) so you get voted off at the round table I've gotten us fully distracted now it's there are so many little distractions in this show you get voted off at the round table and then once you're voted off you have to step into the circle of truth and you have to admit to the group whether you are a faithful or a traitor Um, and then everyone has big reactions no matter what you say
1: that's the crazy thing about the show is like most competition shows people are just like
2: "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm
1: Or occasionally someone cries this one they're leaping out of their chairs. Yes. They're like throwing their heads onto the table. Yes. (laughs) Like there it is so dramatic. I also think that it's important to point out now that the cast of this show is like two thirds people who have been on other reality TV shows. One of the people on the show was The Bachelor. (laughs) Several of these people were on Survivor. Um. Uh, We've got Stephanie and Sari who are both on my favorite season of Survivor, which is Heroes versus Villains, which heads up, folks, we're talking about next week (laughs) or two weeks from now.
0: Two weeks from now. Amazing.
1: there's Kate from Below Deck. She is so good on this show. My,
0: oh my. God.
1: AC, ACF, you read through my notes because they're mostly no. like, I fucking hate Kate, but she's so good at this game.
0: She's so annoying. But so, anyway, OK, I'm going to get we got we got to we got to stick, stay on track. I know. Other I know. people who are on this show. So it's like two thirds these reality stars. Oh, uh, the guy from Shaws of Sunset, which he yes. gets who. Spoiler alert, gets voted off first. I don't feel like that's a huge spoiler. He only got
1: voted off because he was loud.
0: (laughs) Um, And then um, all of the rest of the people are quote unquote. Oh, how could I forget? I'm so sorry. Ryan Lochte.
1: Oh my God. It's so fucking funny. There's this moment in the show where they're talking about Ryan. And it's like maybe the second day. And they're like, Ryan kind of seems kind of dim. And they're like, oh, well. I don't know. And, it, and somebody's like, well, he's really the only one in the house. When he walks around, you hear, dun, 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 dun. And they're, like, showing him wandering the house, like, doing nothing. It's And that is the vibe he gives the entire time. Like, I hate to make fun of somebody so for, like, sorry. seeming stupid, but he's Brian
0: Lochte. He just... I think this is made... This is so funny to me because... okay. For personal context, I was a swimmer in high school around, and so I finished high school in 2008, so, like, I was really into swimming and keeping up with, like, Olympic swimming and qualifying and all of that kind of stuff, like, when Ryan Lochte was at the peak of his career, Um, because, like, for, I would say, like, 10-ish years after I finished high school, I was, like, really still pretty into it and still following what was going on. Despite that, <laughs> I watched two full episodes of this show before I said to myself, I'm sorry, is that Ryan Lochte? (laughs) And then the answer was yes. (laughs) Yes, it was. And like, I think that the funniest part about this is there are no other sort of like, I dare, I, I daren't even call Ryan Lochte a D list celebrity. Right. But like, there's like clearly this, okay, there are all of these celebrity adjacent right like there are all of these reality show stars and then there are these quote-unquote regular people right who are just your average joes who showed up for some casting call and got cast on this show michael works at the dmv like (laughs) literally and then there's ryan lochte who (laughs) like is he like one of the regular joes well he was an olympic swimmer it's like Is his job being an Olympic swimmer? No, he's not an Olympic swimmer anymore. I feel Um, like the
1: same people that cast the show cast like Dancing with the Stars.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like the uh, definition of star is really loose, but then occasionally you get like a Ryan Lochte level. Yeah. Who's like, definitely not A list, but not D list either.
0: Yeah. So, you know, then some people are like, let's see, somebody's a public affairs manager, somebody's a hairstylist. One of Quinton, one of the players, is a political analyst. And I looked him up. I don't know what he does. And I have been a political analyst. So. <laughs> um great questions um some of them very much seem like they have jobs where they couldn't say what they are on TV for example christian his job is listed as veteran mm. and so like there's you, they don't do anything specific enough that you could be like this is your job title on television mm. um you know you're like what like an operations manager or sorry not no no dig to operations manager <laughs> elizabeth who listens to this podcast <laughs> i'm literally about to
1: I go t- to job that's a product manager so right.
0: i do have a like no, i'm a social media manager i guess they yeah. could put that job title that makes me seem like i'm vain or something um i do have a podcast with you now where i listen to myself talk so maybe that's <laughs> true um no i'm just kidding i think i interrupted you in the list of which shows are um which shows have people featured so shaws of sunset brandy from real housewives of beverly hills Um, Kyle from Summer House, which I didn't know was a show until I watched this show. And apparently there are a lot of seasons of Summer House. Big Brother 16, Cody Calafiore. And then Big Brother 12, Rachel from Big Brother 12. Uh, Stephanie and Sari from Survivor, which you said. Kate from Below Deck. And then Ari was The Bachelor on the eighth season of The Bachelorette.
1: Which... You know, I even brought that up just to say that, like, these people have been on these shows before. They know, like, at this point, it's a job. Like, Seri has now been, she may have been on stuff after that. She's now been on six of these, right? Five seasons of Survivor and this. And I think she was on something else. I don't know. But they know how to both do what they're there to do, right, as the person they are. But also how to, like... Play the camera.
0: Oh, Ryan was on Celebrity Big Brother.
1: Maybe that's what's yeah. up.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He was also on Dancing with the Stars, which you were right to point out that like it was the same cast. And I knew that. And then, uh, But I was still hedging on, like, can you call him a reality star in the same way that you would call some of these other people? But, like, Rachel was only on one season of Big Brother. And I would classify her as, you know. So he was mm-hmm. on Celebrity Big Brother. I forgot that until just now. Just
1: want to flag we have to talk about Rachel and Kate.
0: Here here's what I want to say before we dig into what you have to say because mm-hmm. I imagine that like my notes and like the things that I can't stop thinking about about this show have very little to do with like the competition overall mm-hmm. because that's like not what I I have Oh, no. I'm going to say this before the Survivor episode, and then I'm going to spoil it. I don't recall ever watching an entire episode of Survivor, like, okay. on purpose. I think that, like, I grew up in an era where sometimes Survivor was what was on TV, and I didn't have cable, but I don't, like, I know the structure. It's more likely um, that I that I haven't than I have. That's okay. So, like, I'm not, this isn't my kind of show, usually. I'm not mm-hmm. usually like, Matt, you have to watch this weird reality show right. <laughs> but i think that here is maybe my starting point this show has more camp than the 2019 met gala red carpet
1: one million percent um,
0: like like it is the drama the setting <laughs> alan coming uh the, the challenges castle. the castle the set decoration the whole thing is like hey If you're a nerd who likes murder mysteries, we made a reality game show for you. And I am a nerd who likes murder mysteries, so this was indeed a reality game show specifically for me. Um, I think that, like, the drama and, like, really the melodrama of it all, certainly the players themselves really, really contribute to this. Mm -hmm. Alan Cumming, noted bisexual, Elizabeth would shout at me if I got that wrong, noted bisexual, Alan cumming um really adds to this melodrama and then the like cinematography of the whole thing okay so the setting is this scottish castle that alan cumming introduces to these players as his castle. He it never is calls it anything else. It is not his castle. Like, <laughs> right out of the gate, I need you to know it's not his castle. He always refers to it as his castle, his home. Welcome to my home. Welcome, mm. you know. <clears throat> so so the castle, it is in Scotland. Um, I learned uh, via the internet. Uh, it's called Ardross Castle in Russia, Scotland, not far from Inverness. Um, and you can rent the entire building (laughs) for a wedding, a business meeting, a retreat with your work team, like a shoot location for photography or filming. It's a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a hunting lodge from the 1700s, right? That um, is not, it's not like a castle that is Mm -hmm. medieval in origin or owned by Alan Cummings family. Despite him, being a knight that was now no longer a knighthood right um no not not tied to land at all not landed gentry in that way at least so technically it's also not a castle um <laughs> That's like a a complicated thing about how buildings work, but I don't really know about that. So it's a hunting lodge, not a castle.
1: It still fits the, uh, the melodrama, the scene that they are trying to
0: paint. It certainly does. They do a lot of like very dark, like dramatically lit shots um, at nighttime, panning up the stairs of these castle, big fires going. Everybody's wearing hooded robes or the (laughs) traders are. Um, And then there's also like the part at, the end of the day where the traitors meet to decide who they're going to murder. It takes place in a turret that like clearly doesn't actually exist in the way that it's depicted. Like is very clearly a set installed. And actually one of my favorite moments in the first episode, (laughs) I'm sorry. I just, It's so funny. It's so silly. Okay, so Reza, who is our our contestant from Shaw's of Sunset, in the first episode, they're walking around in one of the rooms in this castle, and someone says, someone, the toxic lesbian says... They're like, oh, do you think these floors are original? And Rez is like, oh no, 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 no. He know- and he knows. Like he's he works right. in real estate. He's like, oh no, these these are these are new. These are the you yeah, know, this has been redone. And it's just so funny because they're they're trying to pass off this castle as like this original, beautiful alan cummings personal home and immediately the players are like no this has been redone like no this is clearly a set piece and you the viewer can also see that it is clearly it's also super
1: clean to be anything other than brand new
0: it's not super musty inside there's like actually natural light or Mm -hmm. at least the good facsimile of natural light that was the weirdest way i've ever said facsimile fuck Andy that is their name uh toxic lesbian music services director
1: oh we think Andy's toxic huh? oh no <laughs> what are we thinking no I have thoughts about Andy that are not related to them being a, being a good or bad person we'll,
0: we'll get there don't worry don't worry don't worry so that's what you need to know about the setting we're, we're, we're gonna get to the cast of characters in a minute here is the other most important fact about this show Alan coming is giving the performance of a lifetime. He is putting his whole pussy into this performance. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. The next time we meet here at the round table, faithful, you will have the chance to try and banish a traitor from the game. He is absolutely crushing it. He is bringing the melodrama and he is dressed impeccably. Up to a quarter of a million dollars. Oh.
2: One teeny weeny final little thing. Tonight, traitors, you will discover each other's identities.
0: And faithful, one of you will be murdered. I'll see you shortly for our first mission. Ciao. And in fact, (laughs) I texted Elizabeth, listener of the show, Operations Manager, about this Episode or the one of the episodes with a screenshot of what Alan Cumming is wearing in an episode. And they said, My God, it's like they let him dress himself. And listener, they did. They did. They let him dress himself. Alan Cumming in every episode is wearing sometimes multiple incredible Scottish. Get-ups. I can't. I can't even describe it. it. It is formal wear meets traditional kilt wear in the best way possible that you could only expect from Alan Cumming, who's my my personal favorite Alan Cumming like outfit of all time forever is X Men premiere Alan Cumming in an all denim kilt with a belt that is a scroller belt that said Nightcrawler on the scroller belt like the digital readout. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you I seen do this? Know what okay, you're talking about. Yeah. okay, it's it is reminiscent of this. This man loves fashion. He loves drama. He loves camp. It is masterpiece theater. Alan Cumming at his peak. Um, at one in one scene, he's wearing this like very very loud. I don't know how else to describe it. Large print like check pattern that is like pink. Um, and my partner who I will give credit to this joke for, um, said this Barbie owns a castle and it's like very much giving that energy. (laughs) He wears little berets. He wears silly little different glasses and he just is the embodiment of camp in every scene.
1: My favorite outfits, like most of the time he's wearing this like beret, right? Most of his outfits, he has this beret. But my favorite outfits of him the entire show are the ones where he has this like middle part oh. and like half length hair. I every time he came out, I was like,
0: "Alan, it's honestly he's so sexy." Yeah, <laughs> I have i I have very few remaining men that i have crushes on and alan Cumming is one of them like i i can't get over it and like the other things are that like i think that it's just simply so beautiful for someone to get to just do whatever they want to do Mm -hmm. and like to not have to do anything because they need the money he's just doing silly little projects and he knows it the number of times that he like makes eye contact with the camera and gives you a little like coy smile
1: this chapter in in your podcast app right now is when i've already had i've had this saved ready to go it's just him doing like a little eye raise at the camera after he says Mm -hmm. something dramatic Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) it's Perfect. It's everything to me. It's what kept me watching. It's why I watched in the first place. I literally, I saw an ad for this show, like on Hulu or something, right? Like, I was like, oh, what is this? Probably on Peacock. I was probably watching something else. I was like, what is this show? And I was like, Alan coming. I'm interested, okay?
1: After one of the roundtables, um, he you know he's being dramatic, Alan. Whatever they voted somebody out, they're all sad, and then he's like, and "By the way, the traitors still have to murder someone." To- also, the way he says "murder," murder, murder. <laughs> um, uh, he's like, "They have to murder someone tonight," and he's like, "Get some sleep. I'd pop on an eye mask." <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I like I have it written here. I'd pop on an eye mask. I can't. Like I just he just like the how. It's so clear to me that, like, these are things he's coming up with in the moment. Like, sure, a lot of it's prepared, like his big, but like his little quips at the end are like right off the dome.
0: Yeah. I genuinely will say that even if this kind of show is not your cup of tea, it is worth watching these 10 episodes. It will not take up that much of your life just to enjoy the parts with Alan Cumming and or search on YouTube Alan Cumming Trader Supercut because I'm sure that it exists. I didn't yeah, look probably, that up before, but I hope that does. you can find it.
1: <laughs> so I have wanted to tell this story on the podcast since we said we were or since I started watching this show, which is that in 2019 I was in the Gaiman's Course of Washington and I had the opportunity to sing at the Kennedy Center with Alan Cumming. And I couldn't go because of some like prior obligations that maybe not. They maybe weren't as important in the grand scheme, but for my marriage, they were more important. (laughs) And uh, I I made the correct call to not sing with Alan Cumming. And uh, I don't regret it, but it sure does make me sad sometimes.
0: Yeah, that is um, heartbreaking, fair, but heartbreaking.
1: So, you you have something written here, and I think you're going to have a perspective on it that maybe I don't, as someone who's not really watched these kinds of shows before. You say, what I love, the challenges. <laughs> I want to know about how this, like, like, you're seeing challenges on this kind of show, basically, for the first time, and I need to know how you're processing them.
0: Okay, one, they're all so silly. Like, yes. literally... <laughs> They were like, hey, all of you are not athletic. We would like to make you do very athletic challenges. (laughs) And they were all like, yes, I'll sign up for that. In the second episode. okay, this is like I will say, like, if you are a person who has difficulty with like enclosed spaces or bugs, like we're going to talk about that a little bit here. You should be aware. Um, and if you have those problems, maybe this show isn't for you, because those are challenges that happen on this I show. Did have
1: a, I did have to skip a couple of these challenges.
0: Um, in Okay, first of all, in the first episode, when they light these wicker beasts on fire or whatever, I simply, I um, I have a lot of questions... <laughs> I didn't under were they tying the ropes together,
1: yeah, so they had to tie the ropes together in order to create the path to the wicker beast because it wouldn't be as simple as finding a way to start a fire and just lighting the bottom uh-huh. no, they had to go put them in boats so they could get the pieces they need uh-huh. and then and light you know, the torch on fire, but they also had to get the oil, oh,
0: yeah, they had to get the oil yeah That's so right. they're
1: tying mm-hmm. the ropes together to like create the path, okay. but the okay. path is created in like
0: a channel. Like
1: yeah, like a channel they created where
0: it's already light. clearly got yes. the fire things underneath it yes, so that correct. when they finish in in scare quotes there um that it lights up.
1: Yes, it's completely contrived.
0: okay Great, <laughs> perfect. I just was making sure that I was seeing that correctly. Wow. The drama <laughs> that that manufactures um is s-
1: it literally starts the fight that gets Reza kicked off. Correct. The show. Yes. Like Michael and Reza arguing with each other in that moment is what starts the discussion at the round table later that night that gets Reza kicked off the show.
0: Yeah. So the, the challenges, some of them, I was like, I don't, how is this a challenge for grownups? And I guess it's like the, the answer is like, it's pressure and like, you're in a situation that's like intentionally like contrived for you to not be getting sleep and like not be in your own environment. And like, it's a stressful thing. Right. Some of them, I was like, how many waivers did this person have to sign to do this? For example, the Buried Alive one.
1: I, how were, <laughs> like, I assumed that they were, like, they put breathing holes in there, but at the same time, I'm sure. like, some of these challenges, AC, to be fair, are, like, way crazier than any other reality really? show challenge that I've ever, like, Buried Alive, I could be wrong, but I've never seen that on one of these shows.
0: <laughs> I will say I was genuinely shocked when they, like, actually put dirt over yes I was like that seems unsafe that Mm -hmm. seems and also like they they set it up as volunteering but as someone who has like enough knowledge about how TV works like behind the scenes a hundred percent they had to like more than just say oh yeah I'll volunteer and not know what's happening like they Mm -hmm. had to have signed some sort of either that or the liability waiver that they signed to be on the show is absolutely insane
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's the former. I don't know. Maybe our friend Elizabeth, who has worked on Survivor, can tell us. I have
0: to know. (laughs) I would like to see behind the curtain. (laughs) Yeah, that one, you know, there were some that were, like, you know, fine and interesting, like the one where they played music on the bells and they had to figure out what the bells were and then match it to a matching music box and then find the item and give it to Alan, Who was, you know, very congratulatory when they got it right and Mm -hmm. sort of dour when they were way off track um, (laughs) without saying anything. He just stood in the entry hall and watched them all run around (laughs) (laughs) and did very good. (laughs) The ones that really stick out to me that I also have questions about. Is do you think they used real bugs when they were doing the cabin in the woods thing and they were like getting bugs dumped on them? So that was the
1: one I had to skip a lot of. Okay. Because uh, okay. I very much have a fear of bugs. Sure. Um, and yes, I do. Because did you hear that screaming? Sure. Like, huh? And she's like, no, I've got. I, I, this is not creepy crawly feelings. Like I got bit.
0: Oh, okay, right. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, I think it was Kate and uh, I'm kind of spoiling Ceri. how far people get. Yeah, Kate yeah, yeah. and Ceri in the same yeah. room.
0: I didn't say what order they went in, Matt.
1: <laughs> but somehow Kate is like the person that prevails emotionally in that moment, which is rare.
0: Yeah. Wild.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think those were real bugs. And also the one. So they they're in this room where they're having to communicate back and forth between two rooms. Like yeah. Through a literally a, a can and a string.
0: Yeah. So, just shouting through the wall.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. And they figure it out as like bugs are pouring down from the ceiling. And then when they get out of that room, they then have four, I think, four boxes that they have to stick their heads into and get these other numbers with their teeth that are filled with bugs.
0: Yeah. Like it's one's bad. scorpions, it's one's
1: crickets. Like, I would have walked off the show.
0: Well, and the thing is that the other guys, like the challenge that the other people on the other side are having to do is not anywhere near that intense. Like it doesn't even... Yeah, and it's not even like... It's not hundreds of mice raining down on you right it's they don't it's have to put the their 11 teeth. mice in a room they count the mice in the room yeah the rats in the room or whatever and like totally i i was like wow wait like i guess if somebody was like really afraid of rats or mice but it doesn't seem like that was the case but like the contrast for me i was like i would be literally so mad and would vote off anyone. Like if I had to stick my head into a box full of bugs and get something with my mouth. And then I found out that on the other side of the wall, all you had to do was count rats. I would vote you off the show mm-hmm. out of spite.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's, I think Cerise says something like, I'm going to have to leave. And they're like, because very clearly they would have forfeit right yeah. if the case. And I'm like, yeah. Now I get it. The moment that you start raining worms and and bugs on me, I'm I'm like, peace.
0: Fuck the show. That's right? a <laughs> like, that's a no from me, dog. I mean, like, I would never sign up to be on a show like this in the first place. And also, like, same. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not afraid of bugs, but like anything in a large quantity, I don't like. It, that, yeah. Like that's too many of a thing. And like that happens with bugs really quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, rats too. So
1: you have one here written lasers. in in scare quotes, and I just don't remember what that's about. Oh, they did, like, the Mission Impossible thing. They
0: had to navigate around lasers. (laughs) (laughs) And I wrote lasers in scare quotes because they're just lights. (laughs) They're just little beams of light. (laughs) quentin's so good at that <laughs> he's a huge man that man had to have played football at some point in his life like his yes. size his build and like where he is from in the country certainly he played football and he was very good at his agility drills that's yes. the answer yeah. <laughs> but, that is one million percent but he is also like very tall and like built like a line he's built like a football you know? player yeah.
1: yeah yeah they're jumping from the <laughs> helicopter too yeah
0: I mean, I think that, like, there there are some of these where, like, I guess, like, jumping from a helicopter is a challenge, again, if you're afraid of heights or, like, it's, like, a kind of scary thing to do. But there are some of these that are just, like, compared to, like, it really constantly felt like the challenges, like, the level of of challenge or, like, difficulty or, like emotional like wherewithal you had to have to do these different challenges was really really even like unevenly matched like there were a lot of highs and a lot of lows and it, it kind of contributes to like the brain candy kind of um mm-hmm. aspect of this show which is like one you sort of never know what you're gonna get whether you're gonna get a crazy challenge or you're gonna get something that's like eh, pretty innocuous like just a like, fun little puzzle but it also is like it makes some of the episodes easier to kind of like tune out and you're like less stressed on behalf of the players and like not that i fully was tuning it out because there's some juicy drama happening in there right but it allows the like interpersonal drama to be played up more in some of those like less inter like less stressful kinds of challenges um we have yet i have yet to mention my personal favorite challenge which involves maybe my favorite ryan lochte moment um which is the wheel of of death um and you should know that this is like set at like a creepy carnival setting um no clowns so no worries clown folks we're not gonna folks who are afraid of clowns we're not gonna talk about that they everybody gets strapped to a wheel they take turns and they go round and round on the wheel so they're like strapped in like a mm-hmm. like a i don't even know how to describe this matt do you know how to describe this wheel
1: uh i mean it, like any movie where they strap someone to a wheel and throw a knife or whatever. Sure. It's like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's know? like
0: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and they all have to the people on the ground have to try to uh, newlyweds game the answers with the people on the wheel. Obviously, it's very stressful for some people. Andy in particular has a very difficult time with the wheel um, and being on the wheel. <laughs> It has my favorite Ryan Lochte moment where he's got to do it for his boy Cody. And him and Cody share a a ostensibly very sweet moment while strapped to a wheel upside down, about fifteen feet in the air, when they both vote for each other for something. I don't even remember what it was.
1: Like an easy question, like I don't know, like to the equivalent of like who's the cutest? Like yeah, like who would
0: would you most want to spend time with or whatever or something like that, right? And it was like my boy, gotta go with my boy Cody. (laughs) And then Cody does Ryan also. So like they vote for each other and they're like, he's like, you're my boy. And it's like so (laughs) weird and stupid and bro culture. And it's like, I can feel Kate's eyes rolling back into her head. Especially because
1: in that (laughs) entire challenge, they're asking questions like, who's the biggest liar? And everyone votes for Kate. Like every (laughs) time they ask like a negative thing, people vote for Kate. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, she's drawing a pretty large target on herself. Sure,
0: sure. I mean, I think that that is, like, something that we can get into when we start to talk about the players. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have much else to say about the challenges other than, like, how did you... Did you find them to be a particular way because you've watched so much, like, reality shows like this?
1: Yeah, my take on the challenges are... You're right. There's a huge disparity between like jumping out of helicopters and getting on a speedboat to like go find hidden treasure. Yeah. And having bugs dumped on you while you're trying to solve a puzzle to like, we're going to play a piece of music and people a mile away have to listen to the bells and figure out what pe- like. The, the level is a, it's a huge disparity. Yeah. Whereas um, specifically on Survivor, there's physical challenges. and sure some of them are contrived in the way that, you know, the Wicker Beasts are contrived. But it felt to me that in The traders, the, the physical challenges were amped up to, like, 27. Yeah. And the mental challenges were really easy. Yeah. Most of the time, the, the challenges that were about knowledge or intelligence or something were just like, we're assuming these people are going to be stupid.
0: And you know what? I
1: mean... <laughs> But also, most of those challenges, they do very well at. They do, right With the exception of uh, Ghosts Among Us, right? They don't do great at that one. It's a memory. It's like a... Yeah. It's a real-life, like, hidden item video game.
0: Yeah. What's different between these two pictures, kind of? Yeah, exactly.
1: Whereas in Survivor, their challenges... Sure, there's a lot of really physical stuff. I would say, in terms of, like, brute strength, probably the same level. Yeah. But in terms of like danger, much lower, Yeah, much lower danger. When it comes to the mental challenges, they're as hard as the physical challenges, just
0: Mm -hmm. in a different way. Interesting. Yeah, in um, the one that I titled Merrily We Roll Along, where they have to um, push whiskey barrels up the hill. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the best part of that is that (laughs) at the uh, finish line of where they're pushing these very heavy, clearly like, I don't know, sand or water filled barrels up this hill. Alan Cumming is waiting there for them at the finish line, wearing a cute little outfit, sitting in an armchair, drinking a scotch. He sure is. And he's like, "Mm, "Wow, you sure sure are working hard. That's like his (laughs) whole attitude. He's like, wow, you're really doing it. Good job. This must be Um, tough for you. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so Alan Cumming remains the best part of even the challenges. His little, um, his little quips are in the challenges are also very funny.
1: Yeah. If anyone listening has seen the Netflix version of the mole, the barrels challenge is them oh. like um, going like walking a long distance, finding barrels along the way and, and rolling them back to the castle. I think um, in the mole, there's a challenge where they're on a mountain, right? With snowshoes. And they're finding the, and they have a sled and they're finding these blocks of ice that have money in them that they can Mm. add to the pool. Very Mm. similar. Right. Um, I actually want to talk about some of the comparisons and why I think this game is better, but um, they uh, are finding bigger and bigger blocks of ice with bigger amounts of money on the way. And that's, it's, it's the same challenge. It's just not on a mountain in snowshoes, right? It's like rolling barrels and having to cross a river. Yeah. Maybe I'll just read this note word for word, which is that like so many reality shows are trying to do the thing that the traders does by being like a real life social deduction game. Yeah. Right. I think only the traders get this right. So like if you've seen the circle, one of the biggest things in the circle is like, are they a catfish or not? Yeah. But the only reason the catfish things matter matters is social, right? There's nothing in the circle of the game where it would matter if you were a catfish or not. Yeah. It's just like a fun little twist on top of it. And to me, as a person watching the show, I'm like, I don't care. Like, be a catfish. Mechanically, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? It's just everyone kind of pretending it matters. The mole, the, specifically the new one on Netflix, I don't know anything about the original version. It really fucks up like the incentives of the game by having the mole be a person that was cast separately from the rest of the people. Right? So, this is a presumably paid actor. Right. Interesting. That is introduced as one of the contestants. Right. But is not actually competing for the money. Mm -hmm. Right. Their only goal is to make the pot lower at the end of the game. And what it does is it takes all the breath out of that finale. Right. Because the mole has nothing to win. Interesting. Right. They just get revealed and then it's like uh. and if you go look up the, the Netflix mole stuff on the Internet, it's like, so did the mole win any money? Right, because that's kind of what you assume is going right, to happen. yeah. There's no weight to it if they don't. And the answer is no, they kind of screwed it up. And what I love about this show is the traders are actually competing for money. If they exist in the cast at the end of the show, they steal the money from the other people that are not there. So while it's borrowing or sometimes just wholesale ripping off right. ideas from <laughs> other reality shows, it's doing it in a way that is... I don't know, it's more interesting, it makes more sense. It's like yeah. f- more fun to watch.
0: Yeah. I do I do think that I actually really liked that. I think it made the stakes of like the votes a lot higher, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like it introduces this like collectivism, the, the idea of collectivism and like the idea of like being swayed. Like you rarely saw votes on this show where everyone is voting for a different person and there's not like a clear two people who are being pitted against each other to be identified as the traitor. And I I think to be clear, right? Like, because I don't think we've said this yet is that the goal at the round tables is that the faithful are trying to vote out who they think is a traitor. Because if there is still a traitor at the end of the game, the traitor wins all of the money. Right. So they're trying to find out the traitors. And it makes the stakes of that roundtable vote a lot higher. Like, Mm -hmm. clearly, it's like, oh, that's one more money, you know, one more person to split our money with that we don't want there. But then they also all react so dramatically when they do vote a faithful out because, oh, now they have betrayed someone, right? right? Who wasn't actually betraying them. You said
1: something. It's You don't see these votes where they're, like, split a lot of ways. At most, they're split in three, right? Yeah. And often the traitors um, are voting for who they think is going to be the majority, right? Yeah. Because they not only do they want to hide, it's like the, the nature of the show makes it so that that is the smartest move to make. 100%. Right? So you find the traders spending the whole round table, no matter what is coming out of their mouths, which is usually bullshit. Yeah. They're kind of playing the game. Um, trying to figure out who are the most people going to vote for. Yeah. Right. And if I don't vote for that person, who's the second one? Yeah. Right. Because that, that makes sense to people. And then occasionally when, you know, they inevitably do vote a trader out, you get these wild moments where like a trader is voting for another trader. Yeah. Not because they actually want to see that person leave. Yeah. But because they want to stay in the game.
0: Yeah. And it's clear that like the majority vote is going towards voting. Like they've, they've, people have figured it out because right. like, one of the at least one of them is very very bad at it
1: <laughs> actually i think i would like to say who the three traders are at the beginning of the game
0: i think that's fine that's in the yeah, first it's, episode
1: it's, it's the first episode it's so the first 20 minutes i yeah. think even so the three traders in the show are Siri, yes a guy named christian what a guy and Cody.
0: Cody is my problematic fave.
1: <laughs> oh! <laughs> so I'm a huge Surree super fan.
0: Oh no, I love her for real. Like yeah. I don't I don't think that um I really, really enjoyed getting to watch her. I think Watching her on this is what part of what made me text you like, oh, actually, like, I'm interested in watching Survivor. Like, I really like Mm -hmm. her and I'd like to watch more things with her. Cody is my problematic fave just because of the Ryan Lochte Cody bromance. I think that they should kiss and it would be really (laughs) cute. Um, This is your Bucky cap. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Listen, I love... I love it when men are gay, um, actually. (laughs) Me too.
1: (laughs) Can't let it go dot gay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I think that Christian, I just like, Christian as a person gives me the ick. (laughs) Oh, one million percent.
1: And he's so bad at the game. He's opening his mouth all the time.
0: The first time you see him, he is wearing an animal print button down shirt with a jean vest over it with shoulder length curly hair and a round flat bill hat. And it's like, oh, I've seen this guy at a music festival, and he's tried to offer me mushrooms, and I, when I said no, he was very not chill about it, <laughs> even though he insisted that he was actually a very chill dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, maybe, you know, Christian's also, like, a little bit, He maybe if he's not a mushrooms guy, like, he's, like, a little bit of a Christian hipster guy.
1: That's the vibe Which I is, got. like, he's,
0: like, a Christian Christian, which is confusing to me, personally. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a pun that his name is Christian Christian. christian and he is a christian not that he is a a like a christian's like a hyper religious christian which he might also be that um don't know he could be a
1: christian christian christian
0: wow 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 (laughs) um anyway i just don't like him i didn't like him from the first time i saw him i didn't like to look at that man and i if i saw him i would walk the other way on the street um
1: He's he's kind of a skis um, and he's also just he talks he talks way too much. And every time Sari is like in like her confessional, she's like, shut your goddamn mouth. <laughs> That's what she's not saying. Honestly,
0: the funniest part of this, of the three of them being the traitors and like you, you, the viewer being in on the secret and getting to see the traitors confessionals is Watching Sari be like, boys, shut the fuck up. And the boys in their confessionals being like, I may have beefed it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, The boys are always like, I may have fucked this up. And Sari is like, you're idiots and I hate you.
1: (laughs) But this is also, so this is the role that Sari plays in every single game that she plays. She is the, she's the quiet manipulator, right? She's the person that you don't expect that makes it really far. Again, I've only seen two of her seasons, but like um, the person, I I don't mind spoiling a Survivor season from 2010. Um, (laughs) But the one we're going to talk about next episode is Survivor Heroes versus Villains. And Sandra is the Mm -hmm. winner of that season. She was also the winner of the season that she was on before that. She is also one of these people who's really quiet who, if they need to make themselves known and participate in an alliance or yeah. agree to vote somebody off, they can. They can do that. But they they avoid the conflict as much as possible and mostly build relationships. Yeah, Something I loved about the show was because Survivor's been going on so long and some like natural things kind of bubbled up in those first couple seasons, there's a language in that game that is... I don't know, you go into that show knowing uh, knowing the lingo, right? Sure. You yeah. you go into that show knowing what to expect. And like none of it is mechanically built into the game. It's just stuff that's arisen over the years, right? Sometimes in that first season, things like alliances. Yeah. There's some of that in this in this game. Right? There's some what you might call alliances in the traders. Yeah. But in large part it's like maybe on a per episode basis. Right. right? Yeah. No one's getting upset like they do on the circle because, you know, you, uh, betrayed the girl squad or whatever. (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: Or even, I mean, from what I know of survivor, right. People who have like multi-person three or four way alliances to make it to the end. And then they turn on someone, right. Like that's often like a source of drama. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, and not that it's like at all comparable, but like, rupaul's drag race is like my also part of my context for this and like alliances technically aren't supposed to exist on that show but they definitely do and like uh, on the all-star seasons where they do voting because they don't Mm -hmm. do voting on the regular show it's rupaul's decisions right but like on all on all-star seasons they do voting and there are clearly like alliances happening anyway
1: I have not watched that many All-Star seasons, so I don't have the context for it. I do know they do voting.
0: Okay. Well, so, one of the fun things that happens in the first episodes is you get introduced to this, like, reality squad that Sari is part of, sort of, right? Along with Rachel and Cody and Kate and Brandy and Reza, right? And Kate and Brandy and Reza clearly, like, are clicking from the beginning. They're all from the same type of show, type of world. You know, Bravo Network. Right.
1: Reza from Shaw's of Sunset. Brandy is from Real housewives. Kate is from below deck. So, this is all Bravo people.
0: Yes. Yeah. And they all clearly are aligned in like attitude and position. And you know what? I have to say, Brandy, smarter than she looks. Um. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I will say, they also like this show, you do not do well on this show by drawing attention to yourself. Yeah. The reason. Intentionally or
0: unintentionally. Correct.
1: The reason that Reza leaves is just because people noticed him yeah it, it actually has nothing to do with the context of like the argument that he had with michael yeah. or whatever. it's because <laughs> he was noticed uh, i believe is it the first episode where brandy leaves
0: no not the first episode but okay. pretty quickly after yes
1: yeah wait so brezza doesn't get voted out he gets murdered
0: yeah he gets murdered yeah
1: yeah and the next episode brandy gets murdered and it's just because and i think we'll leave it at that in terms of how people leave but it's just because the traitors are saying they're trying to sow chaos but they're also trying to say like who could stir up drama against us
0: yeah, who is picking up on what we're on what we're putting down and very, very quickly, like these people who are keen players in shows that are known for drama more than competition, right? They're able to play that social game a lot better, right? Because they're on shows where they rely on that social game to generate drama to like make their shows successful.
1: And in the first in the second episode, Brandy names two of the three traders.
0: 100% she she gets it right, right on the money.
1: And that is what causes her to get murdered. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think that it's so interesting, too, because like, I also think it's not a spoiler to say like Kate makes it pretty far in the game. And for the majority of it, everyone from the jump, everyone thinks that she is a traitor. And there's a million reasons why Kate, she's got a bad attitude. We love it. We hate it.
1: (laughs) You're like literally a cancer to the group.
0: Yeah. Oh, really? What about the traitors taking your money and killing you at night? I've tried to talk to Kate numerous yeah. times, and she won't talk to me. I don't trust anyone. Don't oh know, yeah, you're next. Sense. You're next. Don't oh, right. I don't care. Come at, come at me. I will. But I want That's fine. Day. You want some honesty, Rachel? You look like you get dressed at a community theater. You're literally the only person who thinks it's cool. you were the first big brother baby. No one cares. No one cares.
1: <laughs> she literally in the in the like barrels uh, in the in the barrels mission where she's throwing barrels <laughs> over a fence.
0: Yo, Kate's throwing the money away. Kate, I Kate, saw that. Why are you throwing Kate, those in that. the mud? Because I'm a liability. Because she's like,
1: fuck this. Of- I want to go home. She literally says, "I want to go home. Banish me or murder me. I don't care." Like, <laughs> she's like, "I am in a, I am in hell, and I don't want to be here." She has this. I forget exactly what it is, but I have this <laughs> screenshot of her. And she goes, She goes something like, "Every I wake up in hell," which is a fun way to live, you know. <laughs>
0: like <laughs> She figures it out pretty quickly. She along with Brandy starts to tell people her version of what she thinks is true. People don't agree with her and they turn on her and they like, they're like, Oh, she must be trying to spread rumors about mm-hmm. other people to throw suspicion off herself. And so then it's like this funny game of like, it's almost this sort of like people don't really go after her because it feels like she's like a clear vote in the back pocket for when they're not sure who else it's going to be right and that's a strategy
1: she survives every murder because she is a easy shield
0: and it's easy to make people think that she is like she is a traitor because she has such a bad attitude she so clearly doesn't want to be there and she's so like she, does, she doesn't even stir the pot. I, if he, is it stirring the pot on a game where, in a game where like the goal is to stir the pot? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like right? Like, I don't mean it in a bad way. Does Quentin vote for her every time? Uh, if not every time, it's very close, almost every time. Cause he says her name, I
1: feel like, in every round table.
0: Kate. Nothing personal. I just don't like you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of my favorite scenes in the entire season is they're all walking into breakfast and Rachel and Kate have been going at it for two days. And they start arguing and Rachel's like, what? You think I'm not trustworthy? And Kate goes, well, you're wearing that jacket, so I don't trust your judgment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Truly, she's like, I would never trust someone who made that fashion choice. Exactly. And it's so funny. What a read. I think I said that, I think, like, that's the other thing, is that, like, Kate is just really, really, she has very, she says, she's a mean girl. She says, I oh, know yeah. what your weakness is. I can see it. I'm gonna talk about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, I think the other thing is, like, Kate is... Unlikable, but also she seems like a nice person. She just is kind of like cantankerous, right? Mm -hmm. Like she seems genuine, even though she's got a bad attitude. And yeah. I like that in a person. Yeah, I, I said,
1: in, like, when I, I, t- I w- took notes watching this whole season, I said, while I hate Kate, she is so entertaining, and the yeah. game is built to make those people stay. You barely even need production to do anything. It's such a genius game.
0: <laughs> what, did she, what did she say? Uh, this note, the this quote that you put in here, I'm never surprised when I walk into breakfast, but I'm always disappointed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my god Uh, the thing is yeah, she knows why she's there the entire time she's like they can't kill me but if but then she never shuts up like if she just stopped being kate she would go home
0: i love lounge life missions are the opposite of lounge life missions are going out and doing things not what i want
1: (laughs) that was that was right before she jumped out of the helicopter
0: yeah um and then also i think the best is of course when she gets voted off uh did i just lose a popularity contest (laughs) (laughs) which is so so funny i needed you
1: to tell me why you think that andy is problematic
0: okay so i have this thing about i think to me And that I'm going to say this. This is my Mm -hmm. assessment of a real person who exists and is maybe not the assessment that I would make if I met this person in real life. And I feel like that's... I don't know why I need to qualify that. Maybe because I'm about to be a little mean. Andy... Everything about Andy to me reads as a brand of mask, lesbian, tender, queer that makes me want to rip out all of my hair. The, like, the emotional manipulation of crying of starting a fight and then being like no no no, that's not what i mean like it's just something of a certain oeuvre of Mm. lesbian queer person that i have spent a lot of time around that i don't really like that's just like my read on how they're playing this game and i like think that it's worth noting that like they're also on a game where they're supposed to be intentionally manipulative so like if they come off that way like yeah that's the point.
1: <laughs> it's funny because I read Andy as naive.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: I I read Andy as I don't remember what they do um or if they were I don't think they were.
0: They're um, a music producer.
1: Oh, okay. So they're not a reality. They're a DJ? I I read them as like a person who didn't really know what they were getting into. Yeah. Right. Was not aware what it was going to take to win this game. I mean, they did pretty well for not being aware, but mm-hmm. you know, um just some of the ways that they can they conduct themselves in like the like pre round table stuff yeah. I was like oh you're just trusting people too easily yeah. Right. And and you're looking at the wrong things to figure out who you're going to vote for.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think I read that more as like a it's just it's this thing of like faking genuine like mm. like playing dumb, I guess is what I'm trying to say, which Maybe is not so. a super kind thing to say, but like it's it and it's not even playing dumb. That's not quite right. It It is a thing that I have experienced with people who kind of match the description of what I was talking about, where it's like, it is weaponized incompetence in a different form, right? Like, it is feigned mm. ignorance, but you're actually, no, you do know what you're doing. You're saying you didn't know what you were doing, or you don't know... You're so sorry it came off that way. it's but like you my do know You're, i, I see, and this is my thing about especially about how far they go in the competition, right like they they do they they they're can the be game. like they're they can be like oh, they're emotionally keyed in or whatever, but you are using this emotion to gain favor with the people around you, Mm -hmm. whether you are doing it intentionally or not. Right. And this is this, like the the, like complicated part of like this intentionally or not thing that happens when in my experience with like other queer people um, and other people just in general of like this, it can only be true for so long in your life. That you do not have a sense of how your emotions impact your experiences and other people before I, I, I simply call bullshit. That's not,
2: you know, I don't know.
0: I will say they, Andy has a very cute baby and a very cute partner. You should look at their Instagram. It's very sweet. Like, I will say one thing I did enjoy was like. Like I've said about other shows that I like, it, it anybody's sexuality or personal lives was not really part of this show. And, like, it's set yeah. up to not really be that way, even if there are certain tropes that play out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that, like, Quentin not liking Kate isn't just because Kate is cantankerous. I mean, Kate is a well-to-do white woman who certainly exactly. is, like, not, I don't know, I don't. I don't want to say she's not woke for fear of sounding dumb Uh, myself or saying she's not woke, but like, and I don't really, she's not not really, you know, (laughs) she's not, she's not outright offensive, but she's certainly not like doing positionality and praxis in her existence. Right. And Quentin as a black man sees that reads it for what it is and doesn't like it. Yeah. Like if you
1: like, like me grew up as like a middle-class, like white person, you know this person, they are your friend's mom.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent.
1: Right. Like you have met this person at some point in your life.
0: Yeah. And like some of that plays out. I saw, you know, in your notes mentioning like Shelby and Shelby's story, right? Like Mm -hmm. a lot of those, the interpersonal dynamics of like people's race or their gender or their sexuality, like doesn't come up in the gameplay, right? Like in the gameplay, it's never a reason to not trust or trust someone, um, mostly, but, It certainly comes up when folks are revealing like their backstories and why they're playing the game, usually when they're voted off, not during the game.
1: Where this happens in the game doesn't matter, but like Shelby essentially gets banished because she's depressed. Yeah. She uh, kind of spends a day kind of away from the other people because she's sad about not being around her daughter. um, And she has this really compelling story that only gets leveraged and told to people like when she's being voted out like yeah. as a tool, which that part of it, I was like, that's gross. It kind of like, seemed
0: like editing maybe to me. Yeah. Too. Maybe so.
1: Maybe, maybe that was editing, but I will say the story was real and made me feel things. And I didn't even think she was that good at the game, Yeah. but I was like, this is not the time to vote out Shelby. Yeah. I mean, there were other people that could have gone that day that wouldn't have been voted out because they were depressed. Yeah. And they wanted some alone time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think what she said, right. It feels like I, she got voted out because she spoke up or somebody, she doesn't say that. Maybe somebody yeah. else says that about her. Like that, that seems pretty true. Right. Like seemed like everybody was like sharks in the water looking for blood. And we were like, we can't find blood. Mm-hmm. Shelby's over here.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I also took the note that Christian, when he's like talking about like, uh, like why he voted for her, he calls her fierce barf. I was like, okay, <laughs> T- to your point of like race and stuff, not coming up. Yeah like in the gameplay or in like explicitly in the words, it comes up in it, like the little tiny ways that people interact with each other.
0: Yeah. it still like exists. There's still yeah. people in the world yeah. socialized in the same context. Like it still happens, yeah. but I, I but like not had explicitly, full body right? chills
1: when he said that. Yeah. I was like, and not good ones. Like, yeah, no, like, like I want kind of want to throw up.
0: <laughs> cringe, current yeah. cringe. We've gotten this far. And we haven't even talked about my favorite character. Ooh. Michael. (laughs) And I do mean character. Right. You're going to confront her when you're saying her name all day. Honey, I'm
1: looking for every excuse to get you gone. If I
2: can save myself by
0: throwing her under the bus or get ready, because I'm going to throw her under it reverse and run back over top of her because i mean i'll do it if it means saving myself
1: (laughs) because he he is a caricature of like your southern gay man like he is everything that that person could be in a cartoon
0: yeah and and in a cartoon that when you're watching it you're kind of thinking am i being hate crimed right now (laughs) (laughs) and like Maybe that's what he's really like as a person, and if so, I mean, I I've certainly known. That, I've known that person. I, was gonna I know say, that say I person. know
1: hundreds of those people, right? Like, <laughs> I it would not shock me if he was that person. Mm-hmm, I met that mm-hmm. person on a cruise on my vacation, mm-hmm, right? Like, mm-hmm. Michael exists. There are lots of Michael's out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so silly, and I mean, I think that everything about his whole deal is. I mean, so to talk about Michael, I have to talk about the gameplay and like potentially spoil for you the point at which Michael gets voted off. (laughs) So let's just say, Matt, that this is our from from here forward. Spoilers are fair game (laughs) because I do want to screech about the end with you.
1: Big old spoiler warning. We're going to talk about the end of the game.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're going to talk about the end of the game. If you haven't watched it yet and we haven't convinced you to watch it yet. This is my final plea to you. Please watch The Traitors, and then come back and listen to the last few minutes of this episode. Michael is a little dumb-dumb. <laughs> <laughs> he is so concerned with his own stature that it like really gets in the way of his ability to play the game mm-hmm. in a way that just like shoots him in the foot over and over again. He is number one offender of I'm convinced the traitor is X person X person gets voted off and then they're not the traitor <laughs> he is so certain every time and man you know what I wish I had that kind of conviction
1: The so Kate does this exact same thing the entire game but the only reason it works for her is because she's such a shield
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I guess that's true it is sort of the Kate versus Michael show they mm-hmm. really do just go at it for so long that like it really really makes it so that either of them can be a shield although people seem to not think that michael is a shield because for god i couldn't imagine why whatever reason they've just decided that kate isn't saying what she means and michael definitely is saying what he means Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and to be clear That's gender politics. It's about gender. Um. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Kate, while also being a a wealthy white woman, right. Yeah. With all of those reads is like still a middle-aged white woman who there's like a lack of respect for her opinions. Right. That shows up very clearly.
0: Well, and like not even just a middle-aged white woman, but like a stereotypical thin blonde yes. catty woman and sh- who who is clearly interested in like fashion and makeup i mean it's worth saying that all of these people all went through makeup and wardrobe to like yeah. together right but like her style everything about her you know it, that that sort of like quiet wealth look or whatever right i don't know it's just kind of it sucks I, I, that was one of my least favorite things was that everybody had like piled on her all the time. And like, then actually, what I loved kind of was her being like, All right, fine. You've all decided I'm the villain. I've done nothing but tell the truth to you. And like, at the end, <laughs> when she says she's not a traitor, it's like, Well, bye.
2: <laughs> bye. <laughs>
0: and like, you so clearly. You saw, like, the view, I think feel like as, the, as a viewer, knowing that she wasn't a traitor, it was actually annoying to me how convinced everyone was that oh, yeah. she
1: was. <laughs> well, that was my thing with Quentin, is Quentin votes for her, if not every time, then almost every time. And I was like, my guy, let's find somebody else to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and especially because, like, I would say up through halfway through the show, she's drawing attention to herself. Yeah. And then she has a turn. Where she's like, listen, I'm going to play the game. It's the only way I know how to, like, get it through this. And she starts to kind of enjoy it. Yeah. But they still pile on her. Yeah. And there's no reason.
0: I really, I think that Kate's storyline in the show in particular is one that really makes me want to know how, and how, this is, like you said, they're, like you have in the notes, the question of every show, how much is scripted and how much is real is so salient on this show where so much of it is clearly so staged Mm -hmm. like like the the setup is a lie the setup that this is alan cummings's castle is (laughs) scripting that's not true and so then it made me question how much of this is like the producers being like okay kate we see that everybody hates you can you do more with that (laughs) Mm -hmm. i
1: also wonder if i if it went the other way if if the production was like hey we want to make this fun for you yeah can we figure that way out and then that kind of became her turn later sure
0: or even if it was like um is the production like is there a pa on the other side of the camera being like kate please stop throwing barrels. It is not <laughs> working for you. We need your redemption arc and you aren't helping yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like like is there a PA silently begging Kate to do do something else? Like I, I I I'm always really curious cuz like I know that different shows have different yeah. standards for how involved they get or don't get during competition and this seems like one where they might be more involved than less. I don't know mm-hmm. why. It just kind of that like I said that the the premise is a lie, the staged aspect of it. Really fun to watch, right?
1: I'm with you that they're probably more involved, but like every reality show, they're more involved than you think they are. Even if yeah. you think they're involved in every moment, they're more involved.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: So this is just like a little moment, a little quote. It's not really about Kate or anything, but um there's a, there's a morning where Kate and Sari walk into breakfast together and they're sitting there and they're really <laughs> stressed out. Sari is actually, I think faking being stressed out or maybe yeah. it's the, maybe it's right after Christian went home or something like that. Yeah. And, Kate turns to her and she goes, does anyone want fruit or, and Sari goes, I want a sedative. That's what I want. (laughs) (laughs) It's just this moment where, like, Sari's been acting the whole time and the real Uh, Sari comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: I think that that's funny, too, is, like, a a good note is that there's clearly, like, like, especially when we get to the final circle. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And we haven't even mentioned, like, a lot about Ari or Cody going home. But, like, Cody goes home. And Christian goes home and they make Ari a traitor.
1: They, like, recruit him. Literally, you see, when I was watching this show, I was like, okay, this is an almost perfect show. But what they need to do (laughs) is introduce another traitor. This is, like, episode two, right? I'm like, it would make this show perfect if they introduced (laughs) a new traitor. Mm -hmm. And in our notes, I have... The invitation. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> Them hugging Ari and laughing is my favorite moment in this whole game. Yeah. Like, they are they are in the fake turret, right? They're yeah. <laughs> deciding who they're going to vote, uh, who they're going to murder. It's just Christian and Sari because Cody <laughs> has gone home. And... They hear a knock at the door and Ari walks through.
0: Sorry, I'm just thinking about the turret and how the shot from the outside and the shot from the inside so clearly don't match. I just, sorry, I just, I just, it made me laugh every time because the turret like has like a slit window and Mm -hmm. then the slit window that they feature every time in the shot is not. In, it's not there. In the set. It's they they like so half-assed
1: like a blue light <laughs> off to the left side where Cerie stands. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, but the light we saw was a, was a, was a warm light from the outside. <laughs> You're trying to fake that there's a slit window there, but it's not even <laughs> the right color. mm <laughs>
0: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm yeah okay anyway yes so so ari comes in (laughs) this is the more important part than the stupid window (laughs) ari comes in they're so excited and it does like introduce a really fun element to the game right because now someone who has been a faithful has become a traitor and i'm very curious like you know it's framed as like giving him the invitation or the choice Mm -hmm. um And then I thought that it was really fun that like someone was like, "Oh, I got invited to be a traitor," and I said no. Oh, Christian, it was fun. It was annoying because he is a traitor, but like it would have been smart for someone else to say something along those lines. Right. the The thing that was cool, it was a smart
1: idea. the The issue is that. The faithful don't know anything about how many traders there are. The faithful yeah. don't know anything about the mechanism to invite people. Yeah. The only people who know that are the traders themselves or if Ari had said no. Ari, right? right. And and Christian knows this. Like he knows the trade the faithful don't know anything about how many there are. And yet at breakfast the next morning he's like, "Well, I was invited to be a trader and I said no." And then he goes home like yeah. he should, because yeah. that's a stupid thing
0: to say if you're a trader. Yeah. I mean, I think that like he he said it and he did it because he thought it would prove to them that he's a faithful, right? right. But like what you said, right? The the absence of information makes it so you're like, there's no way you'd know that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you're also providing information in a place where like less information is safer for you. Yeah right even if that information's false you are calling attention to yourself and what we've learned by episode 7 or 8 in this game is that attention is bad
0: yeah I mean and it's so funny because in their truest forms what we said at the you know a few, a few moments ago about Sari in her confessionals being like you are talking too much and the boys being like I think I beefed it is no better embodied than in this moment where for mm-hmm. the 7th episode in a row or 8th episode in a row Chris and is like, I think it really fucked up this time. And he he did. He, <laughs> he did. did. It yeah. wasn't just
1: something goofy. He didn't like pin it <laughs> on the wrong person. He was like, I'm a traitor, guys. Yeah. The it's so funny too because I was mad when Cody basically outed himself by making up information that didn't, you know, didn't exist. But like his wasn't even as stupid.
0: Well, and like I think the other thing about Cody that really got to me was like, Cody, man, you played a social game. Like he right. did pretty did he win his season of big brother I think he or won like big brother i'm not sure like he played a social game mm-hmm. how did he how did he whiff it so hard on this one i don't know he was too involved in his bromance with ryan he was like thinking about how they could sneak away yeah. and like hook up somewhere
1: <laughs> i don't know Sorry. if you're if you're the kind of if you're like me and you listen to a spoiler shit even if you've not watched it the the thing that happens is that ryan turns to kyle i think and says like hey before ryan left he told me he thought it was these two people yeah and kyle's immediately like that's suspicious as fuck (laughs)
0: and do you know why he says it's suspicious it's because ryan is not smart enough to think of that right
1: ryan (laughs) is a complete dumbass
0: (laughs) he's like that doesn't sound like ryan that sounds Mm -hmm. smart and that doesn't sound like Ryan."
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Oh, my Lord. Which, by the
0: way, I, I just have to say again, for the record, is Ryan Lochte, Olympic swimmer, disgraced Olympic swimmer, Ryan Lochte.
1: I have to talk about the Ring of Truth.
0: Please. The, the final. This is
1: the final moment when you're down to four people, and they, the, way, the way it works is they have to stand there and vote on whether or not to end the game. And if, they, if one of them votes to banish rather than to end the game, they have to banish another person. Yes. And then they do another vote.
0: And they get unilateral power to banish that person. If one of them votes to banish, they have unilateral power to banish. Not a specific person, but, like,
1: right. if it, one the, of them The banishment has yes. to happen, but they do have to vote on who gets yes, banished. Yes, yeah.
0: And the four people who make it to the end here are Sari, Ari, Andy, and Quentin.
1: So, Sari and Ari being traitors. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, this is where we get into, like, meta-narrative for me. Yeah. Sari has been on five seasons of Survivor and won nothing. Yeah. Right. She tells to- she talks many times about like the family she's supporting and the yeah. reason she's been on these shows. Right. She's a nurse, right? It's and and to be clear, it doesn't seem that I don't know her life, but it doesn't seem like they are extremely poor and, and struggling. But it also doesn't seem like they're made of money,
0: right? I mean I think you can have a well-paying job and work a like a regular number of hours. And if you are supporting a family in Agreed. America today, that can still feel like
1: not a lot. And it sounds like it's not just her family. It sounds like her extended family. percent. Well, right? It sounds yeah. like she's supporting about seven people. Um, And I don't know if there's another person in her life. That's also helping with that. Sure. But like it sounds like it sounds like in some ways she needs this right. And her family needs this. And so basically, how it would go is if they go to the Ring of Truth and they find Suri and Ari, then Andy and Quentin would split
2: 250 grand.
1: Yeah. But what Suri knows is that Ari's a traitor and that she is like locked in with Quentin and Andy. Mm-hmm. And they believe that she's not a traitor, that she's like on their side. That they are buddies. And, like, I think that friendship is real.
2: Yeah, right? I,
0: think I think so. They
1: have a good relationship, the three of them. But also, Sari wants the 250 for herself, for obvious yeah. reasons.
0: She is playing the game. She is still there at this point because she is playing the game and playing it well. Right.
1: So, Ari votes in the game, being like, I'm going to get 125,000. Um, you know, Andy votes to end the game, thinking they're going to get you know, a quarter of 250,000. Quentin votes in the game and then Sari votes to banish. And to add to the drama, they're voting by like tossing these sacks into a fire, which burn either green or red, depending (laughs) on where they want to end the game or banish.
0: I really want to know. They, they quote again, they quote unquote randomly pick that like, Take them out?
1: I thought it was random, but then he starts naming their names.
0: Correct. (laughs) It's so silly.
1: Yeah. I think they had him on there. They must have, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Sari has made no sign up to this point to the others that she's going to vote to banish. Yeah. And because she's so tight with Andy and Quentin, she mentions Ari's name. She, like, barely accuses him of being a traitor. And... They're like, okay, we're in on it. And then Ari fucking leaves the game. They don't have a vote. Ari quits.
0: Ari says, I'd like to remove myself from the competition. And shocks. I think this was genuinely surprising to me.
1: I was floored. Yeah. I don't know, like... I'm always thinking about like what could this money do for people? That's sure. kind of the the lens that I take on this game or these kinds of games. Yeah. And to me what it said and he even says this. He's like, "I'm lucky enough to be comfortable. Like yeah. I'm lucky enough to have a thriving business." He tells them he's a trader. Yeah. Right. What did so you said it was shocking? Like what was like why was it shocking? What was shocking about it?
0: Um, I sort of forget that that's an option on games like this that you can just like because they said like oh like okay Amanda had to leave the competition because she had COVID right but like oh, is that what happened? yeah she got COVID um, the emergency room nurse got COVID and we'll just mm. ruminate on that another mm-hmm. time um, <laughs> so I I think it's like always surprising because it doesn't ever seem like an option at the very least not on camera like often when someone chooses to leave a reality show either you know, there is a emotional moment where they're having a breakdown and they're like, I simply can't do this. I simply can't be here. I'm not mentally well enough to be here. Right. Or it is like a, um, it's happened behind the scenes and a produce, like somebody, the host of the show says so-and-so will no longer be joining us for X, Y, and Z reason. Right. This is for Willem. (laughs) Sure. Sure. (laughs) Right. But like the, The really... So this was surprising to me because he doesn't seem emotional or upset about it, right? It seems, like, practical and pragmatic. And, like, he... I mean, I think maybe to his credit, like, in being comfortable and also, like, being a white man standing looking at a circle of three people of color Mm -hmm. uh, and doing the math of what's going to make him look like a bad guy out in the world after the game is over, Mm -hmm. he says... I choose to withdraw, and I just think that that, that surprised me. You yeah,
1: know? I'd like to. I'd like to believe that he's actually just kind of like a good guy, and like that's maybe what. Kind he of thought, seems like it. Yeah, but also like he knows that he's going home at that point, right? Because right. he knows he knows the score.
0: Didn't? Yes, I mean I think that's true. Didn't also uh, the girl who was the hairstylist who cried, Angelica? Didn't? Sorry, <laughs> to I don't remember cried. her honestly. Angelica, she's the one who was so upset when. Bam, got sent home. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, she was like the the crunchy like blonde
2: girl.
0: Yeah, who's got like the Jersey accent. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um, she's really cu- she's really cute. She was so funny. She like told Ari that she hated him on his season of the Bachelor of, of the Bachelorette. <laughs> um, and I thought that that was really funny. Um. So maybe he is kind of a dick, because I've not watched The the Bachelorette, so don't, don't let me...
1: But I also, like, don't want to too much let my opinions be formed on these people by the reality sure, shows they were on.
0: Sure, 100%. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting... We just recorded an hour and 50 minutes of us judging these people yeah. <laughs> who are real people in the world uh, based only on their performances, so... Yeah.
1: Anyway. So, Ari leaves, and the the three of them vote to end the game. I am yelling at this point, AC, because they've they've still not revealed who is a traitor. Ooh. And Andy turns to them and says, you all are my family. They have this really emotional. Sari is giving the performance of her life. Yeah. Then they have to reveal whether they're faithful or traitors. And Ceri's the last. And she reveals that she's sorry. She's a traitor. Quentin... I mean gives a shocked face that's like it's beautiful. Yeah. Andy is weeping. Yeah. Like, I've never seen a more disappointed face. Maybe, maybe except for the one where my grandma <laughs> found out that oh, I no. was gay.
2: Oh no. Oh no, Matt. Oh no.
1: <laughs> maybe that's the only one that tops this face. But no. Andy Andy is looking at Sari like like Sari killed their dog.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, and I don't mean that as like an exaggeration. I mean, like, that is like what they think they're seeing.
0: Yeah, it it is. It is a face of like emotional devastation for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I think that like that's part of what I was saying earlier is like, but they also knew that it was a game. Right. So like, yeah, that's that's the thing for me that I'm like, it doesn't add up. You're so shocked and emotionally devastated that someone played the game better than you.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. I think, um, and again, like, I don't know, you seem to know this kind of person better than I do, but like, as the person who's seen more of these shows, I think it's just that Andy's naive. I think Mm -hmm. it's just that they don't, like, they they know they're going into the game, but they don't expect the emotions that are going to come with that, that are just natural from being human. Yeah. Right? And I think they thought that they got to the end by being earnest. Yeah. By being the person that they are. And like, I'm sorry, being earnest is not how you win these games. Yeah. I love being earnest, right? Like my hobby is being earnest into a microphone about video games. I
0: am terminally earnest. It is known.
1: (laughs) Like I probably would do the same thing Andy does. But as a viewer, I'm like, homie. No, (laughs) like
0: you know, I say that Matt, you say that, and I also think that like one, obviously, you know a lot about how these games work. You've watched a lot of seasons of this show. I don't think that you would be that emotionally devastated, and like I also think that like there is a difference, like like you were saying, right? Like to your own point, there's a difference between being earnest and being naive, or being being or 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 kidding yourself right Mm -hmm. which is which is what i think is a lot of uh which is how i see this kind of behavior is that like they were telling themselves a story Mm -hmm. that simply wasn't true not -hmm. that they were naive but that they knew pieces of information and chose to not factor them in in their decision making yeah
1: that's fair I mean, it also it shows up in in a lot of the votes too, yeah. right? Just like across the board, like everyone voting extremely emotionally based on who pissed them off that day.
0: I will say one really interesting dynamic of this show that I I kind of seems like is happening maybe in the evening sometimes that I see more on other shows that was absent here was it didn't seem like they were doing a lot of drinking or, like, otherwise, like, substance using. And, like, a lot of times on shows like this that are so emotional and, like, drama-filled in the way that this one is, I see a lot of, like... You know, they're they're drinking, mm-hmm. they're having wine with lunch and with dinner. And, like, very much the, produ- like, many people who have been on those kinds of shows have talked about how producers, like, ply you with alcohol because it makes you be in a heightened emotional state and makes for better TV. And you just don't see as much of that here. So, Andy, despite there being other, like, outbursts of emotion on the show, I think that Andy's moment here is also surprising because it just doesn't meet the tone of the show in the same way.
1: Totally fair. I, I will say to note about this show is that they do drink very specifically one time every day and it's after roundtable. It's Interesting. after all the drama has released. Right? Interesting. Um and they they go, they have a glass of wine in the parlor. Oh and yeah. They that's they all right. go to bed yeah. and then somebody gets murdered. Yeah. Well, do you have a stinger on this one? Do you have anything you want to say? If
0: you like Well-tailored suits on beautiful men with Scottish accents (laughs) who are just a little bit quirky and happen to own a nightclub in New York City that you've never been to, but God, you really, really, really wish you could go.
1: I've been twice.
0: I am going to pretend that I didn't hear that. I'm about to get so upset. Oh, my God. I sang Taylor Swift to
2: karaoke. Ah!
0: Okay. All right. Let me try again. (laughs) I cannot stop thinking about Alan Cumming, period. But specifically, I cannot stop thinking about Alan Cumming in this show. How silly this show is, how funny, how weird, how what what a wild roller coaster of stakes. And also, like, I cannot stop thinking about the fact that they let Alan Cumming dress himself. And if you don't watch the show for any reason other than to see the funny little outfits that Alan Cumming wears, Um, that is a good enough reason.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Um, I agree. Um, Before we sign off, I want to say thank you to Scout for making the beautiful art that you see every time you listen to the show. Art. And to my friend, uh, I I also want to say that Scout, um, you can find her work and support her at Co dash F I, that's K O dash F I dot com slash humble goat.
0: So brave for not pronouncing that URL.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ko-fi coffee, whatever. And also uh thank uh Ethan Geller. He is at pragmatism on Twitter, uh, for making the music for this show um and for just being a really good friend.
0: Music. Yay!
1: AC, where can people find you on the internet?
0: Once again, you can still find me on twitter.com.
1: Sweet. That's at AC Fachi.
0: Oh yes, at AC sorry. <laughs> yeah, you can find me at AC Focci on Twitter.com. Mediocre go. website. But yeah.
1: Yeah. And you can find me at matthorton.live next time. Next time we record, we're gonna be talking about survivor, primarily heroes versus villains, but I'm gonna try and watch another season myself. But AC, if you want to, heroes versus villains is a season. That's I'm season ready. 20.
0: I'm ready. It's time.
1: And I bet that we will have a lot to say in regards to this episode as well.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited to watch Survivor now that I have watched this show three times. Three (laughs) times? Well, so I watched it once and then my partner watched it and I watched it with them. And then I watched it again before we recorded. So, yeah. All right.
1: Well, thanks everybody for listening and we'll
0: talk to you later. Talk to you next time.